It's 11 minutes before 8 o'clock. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Thursday, May 11th. I'm Daryl Rakoff with Raven News. Sitkins eager to weigh in on the proposed location of a residential treatment center for teens will have to wait a bit longer to share their views. Citing an outstanding legal issue, the Sitka Assembly on Tuesday postponed action on an appeal brought by youth advocates of Sitka, whose plans for the project have now been denied twice by the local planning commission. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. For the last year, Youth Advocates of Sitka, also known as YAS, has been in the planning phase of opening a residential treatment center for teens and young adults. In its most recent iteration, Coastal Haven would serve a dozen 16 to 21-year-olds from Sitka and throughout Alaska experiencing homelessness, substance use, or trafficking. The project is backed by $2 million in federal grant funding that was awarded in 2022. In January, YAS tried to secure a permit to convert a duplex on Dodge Circle into the facility, but neighbors circulated a petition with concerns about noise, traffic, and maintaining the single-family nature of the neighborhood. In response, the Planning Commission unanimously denied their application. In April, YAS tried again this time for a waterfront duplex several miles out of downtown on Halibut Point Road. The second proposal gained more public support, but it also saw pushback and a petition from neighbors. The commission denied the application on a split vote. This time, YAS decided to fight the decision. In documents presented to the Assembly for its appeal process on May 9th, YAS outlined a list of arguments for overturning the Planning Commission's decision, even asserting that the denial of the conditional use permit violated the Federal Fair Housing Act, which protects people from discrimination when renting or buying a home. It was on that and a few other legal and constitutional concerns that municipal attorney Brian Hansen recommended the Assembly press pause on the process until they got further legal counsel. In particular, some of the questions that have been brought up are whether it's legal to require a conditional use permit for a quasi-institutional group residence. If it is legal, did the Planning Commission exceed its authority by denying the permit on unconstitutional grounds? And the third one, if it didn't exceed the authority, was the decision based on unconstitutional bias. In other words, was it discriminatory under the Fair Housing Act? Hansen said he'd been out on vacation when the appeal was filed, and it wasn't until earlier that day that he'd had time to review the legal questions surrounding the case. And that hadn't been enough time to form an opinion. So he recommended that the Assembly hold off on a decision and stay the hearing. Around 40 residents packed the Assembly chambers to hear the appeal, One Sitkin voiced frustration that the Assembly was considering a postponement when there was a crowded room full of people ready to speak to the issue, but several were supportive of the delay, including YAS Executive Director Heather Murray. The Assembly unanimously voted to postpone consideration of the YAS appeal until the first meeting in June. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. A bill to increase per-student state funding for public schools has reached the full Senate for a vote. The Senate Finance Committee moved the bill forward on Monday. It would increase the base student allocation by $680 starting in July. 
During the legislative session, higher amounts, including up to $1,000, have been floated, but it looks like $680 will be the compromise. Anchorage Democratic Senator Loki Tubin asked the committee to support it. After 99 days of public testimony, hearings, and meetings, it is very clear to us that the Alaska public, public education system is struggling, and we need to do something drastic. This bill does just that. That's Democratic Senator Loki Tobin. If the Senate passes its bill, it will go to the House next. If the House adopts the proposed $680 BSA increase, it would benefit the Sitka School District significantly. At the end of last month, the Sitka School District approved a budget for next year that would drain the district savings of all but $10,000. The increase to the BSA would allow the district to set aside another $200,000 in reserves. Scientists and tribal governments in southeast Alaska are collaborating to assess risks of landslides and floods. And as KHNS's Alain Depremenel reports, the research will be tailored to each community's needs. The Skagway Traditional Council and the Sitka Sound Science Center are working together to identify and monitor geophysical risks around Skagway. The agreement is part of the broader regional Kute project. Kute means weather in Hlingit. Sarah Kinjo-Hisher is the tribal administrator for the Skagway Traditional Council. She says the Sitka Sound Science Center approached a tribe in 2020 about the partnership. At that time, we were interested in various things, including flooding, landslides. The project is to come up with some type of warning system or parameters for things that the community identified that are most important to them. The Kute project originated in Sitka after three people died there in a landslide in 2015. The Sitka Sound Sound Center put a monitoring system in place to warn residents when the risk of a landslide is high. In southeast Alaska, this is mostly related to rain. The center has atmospheric scientists on staff who are working on a classification system for atmospheric rivers. Those are the cloud formations that can span thousands of miles and generate massive rains. We've learned through applying a bunch of different statistical models that basically the intensity of the rainfall over the last three hours is the best predictor of when a landslide might occur. Ron Heinz is the research director at the Sitka Sound Science Center. He says the center has reached out to tribal governments around the region and offered to help assess the local risk management needs. In addition to Skagway, the center is working with Klokwan, Huna, Yakutat, Craig, and Kassan. The center staff starts by meeting with a community to learn their needs. We just got done with the two public comment events to gather more information and historical insight from community members. Kinjo Hisher says people's knowledge of their home and memories of the past can help understand some phenomena. Older residents can remember a spot that flooded 50 years ago. An area will react to flooding differently if the soil was compacted by past use, and Kinjo Hisher says at a recent meeting, someone pointed out the location of an old airstrip. The Science Center staff gathers all that local knowledge and tries to figure out what the communities want to do with it. In Sitka, this took the form of an app that tracks the risk level for a landslide. 
Heinz says the scientists had offered to set up an alarm system, but realized no one wanted to be responsible for pressing the alarm button. Projects are customized to each community's need. In Skagway, the tribe and the science center are agreeing with the municipality to look at the range to the east of town that has been the source of recent rockfalls. This fall, we're going to put out a bunch of seismometers and we're just going to get a sense of how much things are moving in and around the Skagway area. This will provide a seismic picture of the mountains. Heinz says they plan on conducting a survey this spring, which will provide an even more precise picture. For their work in Klokwan, Heinz says the priority is to identify where new housing can be built. The village lies between the river, that is eroding the land, and the mountain, which is the source of landslides. Heinz says in this case they have chosen not to spend much time conducting surveys. We can basically bring experts from the community, experts in flooding and landslides and stuff, together into one room and spend the day talking about it and poring over maps and at least finding some sort of general ideas that this could use to at least think about this. Heinz says that working in Huna, he found landslides are more likely to cut off the roads that residents use to go hunting and foraging. The discussion there is more focused on food safety. Heinz says one challenge will be long-term funding. The National Science Foundation is providing some initial funds. He says maybe the U.S. Geological Survey would provide longer-term funding. Heinz envisions community members taking over the day-to-day -day monitoring process. We would want to pay community members to be our eyes and ears on the ground. And so if you've got instruments that are out in the field that need to be serviced or maintained, that they would be the people that would do that. Heinz says community members would also participate in region-wide meetings about issues associated with extreme precipitation. They would work closely with their community emergency planning committees and first responders. For KHNS, I'm Alan DePremineau. And that's Raven News for this hour. It is almost 8 o'clock, another 10 seconds or so, and we will be into the 8 o'clock hour. And at 8.16, we're going to have an interview this morning with the Sitka High School players who are presenting Ripcord, their premier uh, their premiere is tonight. In the meantime, let's talk about weather. It's 52 degrees on the waterfront here in Sitka, and you can expect winds from the east at 14 miles per hour and rain likely today, high in the 50s. I'll have a look at the updated complete marine forecast at 8.33, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, prepare yourself to, uh, to listen to the interview that comes up in about oh, 15 minutes or so.